What if you could have a career where the opportunities are as vast as our nation, where it's not about mission statements, but a shared mission? At U.S. Customs and Border Protection, we go beyond to protect more than borders, from ship to shore, air to ground, cities to local communities. CBP agents and officers are keeping people safe. Join U.S. Customs and Border Protection and go beyond for something far greater than yourself. Learn more at cbp.gov careers. Orphans and widows, that is, uh, we've heard uh, this is pure and undefiled religion that we visit the orphans and widows. We're going to talk about religion today. We're going to talk about faith. We're going to talk about righteousness. For the last, these, this is our 10th chapter that we're doing recording, and they mostly have been about righteousness, salvation, faith. I want you today to understand what pure and undefiled religion really is. The right, the righteousness which comes from God on the basis of faith, I'm going to read this to you in Philippians 3, 9, 10, and 11. And, and may be found in him, not having a righteousness of my own, own derived from the law, but that which is through faith in Christ, the righteousness which comes from God on the basis of faith, that I may know him and the power of his resurrection and the fellowship of his suffering, being conformed to his death, in order that, and this is the big in order that, that I may attain the resurrection of the dead. That is all of our goals, that we may live this life in a way that would be pleasing to him, that our confession, our faith, would guarantee in our life, guarantee that we attain the resurrection from the dead. For us Gentiles at the day in the Lord, that marriage supper of the Lamb, that, that meeting him in the air, that little marriage that's going to take place, that's our opportunity. We miss that resurrection and we're in really bad, uh, bad trouble. Uh, go at all James 2, 4. What is the righteousness according to faith? James 2, 4. What use is it, my brethren, if someone says he has faith, but he has no works, can faith save him? Verse 15. If a brother or a sister is without clothing and in need of daily food, and the one who says to them, go in peace, be warmed, be filled, and yet you do not give them what is necessary for the body. What use is that? Verse 17, even so, faith, if it has no works, is dead. Verse 18, 
But someone may well say, you have faith and I have works. Show me your faith without the works and I will show you my faith by my works. Amen. Verse 19. You believe that God is one. You do well. The demons also believe and shudder. They saw they saw the Lord descend into Hades and make a public display of their boss, the devil, and they're shuddering. They know what to do. He took the keys to hell and death. We re- talked about that. 220. But are you willing to recognize, you foolish fellow, that faith without works is useless? Now, we, it's not a works righteousness, but it is a works righteousness. Now, how does this work? We're going to talk about that. Verse 21. Was not Abraham our father justified by works when he offered up Isaac, his son, on the altar? You see that faith was working with his works. And as a result of the works, faith was perfected. So without works... Is faith really faith? No, it's not. Faith requires, it's a living faith. It requires a life that is reflective of that faith. From cover to cover in the Bible, I mean from cover to cover, and we're going to go cover to cover, or at least pick a few places out of each uh, dispensation, and share how faith and works work together, and, and what God required of them that, that we now know that James says is pure and undefiled religion. And so we need to understand what our religion is, and we need to understand we must have a religion, and we'll talk about that later. Uh, in Job 29, we're going to go to the, we're going down here to the patriarchs, that start with Job, and it says, for when, Job was a very righteous man, a very, very righteous man. And for when the ear heard, it called me blessed. And when the eye saw, I gave witness to me. Because I delivered the poor who cried to help. What did he do? He delivered the poor who cried from help. And the orphan who had no helper. The blessing of the one ready to perish came upon me. And I made the widow's heart sing with joy. Have you, how many widow's hearts have you made sing with joy lately? I put on righteousness and it clothed me. My justice was like a robe and a turban. We said we're supposed to put on Jesus Christ and as an outer garment in Romans 13, verse 14, to put him on. You know, we've been in Isaiah 61, 10. I have all these verses just that we, we've been clothed with a garment of praise. We've been wrapped in a robe of righteousness. We need to put this on, put it on, wear it. It's pure and undefiled religion. Verse 15. I I was eyes to the blind and feet to the lame. I was a father to the needy. And I investigated the case which I did not know. I broke the jaws of the wicked and snatched the prey from his teeth. I have kept the poor from their desire or have caused the eyes of the widow to fail. Or have eaten the morsel alone and the orphan had nothing to share. But from my youth, he grew up with me as a father and from infancy, I guided her. That's the orphan. And if I have seen anyone perish for the lack of clothing, 
or that the needy had no covering. If the law, if his loins have not thanked me and, and if he has not warmed me with the fleece of my sheep, if I have gifted, lifted up my hand against the orphan because I saw I had support in the gate, let my shoulder fall from its socket and my arm be broken off from the elbow. For calamity from God is a terror to me. And because of his majesty, I can do nothing. Job understand God was sovereign. He didn't understand because he had helped the widow. He had helped the orphan. He had shared his food with the needy. He had done all these things that he believed was righteous, and they were. He was a righteous man. And God blessed him and doubled all that he had. We know the story. But here's, here's a, here's one from way back in the patriot, with the patriarchs that understood as they all did, as we have always understood and we should today, that these acts to the widows, to the orphans, to the needy, to the hungry, to the poor, to the blind, to the lame, are righteous acts. And he had done all these things and if he had not, he's telling God, well, just rip my arms out of the sockets. That's pretty, that's pretty strong language, ripping my legs off. He was confident. I have kept, I, I have, I have demonstrated thy love and thy mercy. I, I have done all these things. I don't understand. Leviticus 19.9 and 10. It says, now when you reap the harvest of your field, this is in the law, it's the book of the law, Leviticus, uh, and reap the harvest of your land, this is another dispensation, you shall not reap to the very corners of your field, nor shall you gather the gleaners of your harvest, nor shall you glean your vineyard, nor shall you gather the fallen fruit from your vineyard. You shall leave them for the needy, and for the stranger, I am the Lord your God. Even then, under the law, we go ahead and, 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 and Deuteronomy 14, we see what the tithe is for. Every third year that it goes to the storehouse. The other two years, we know that we took our families and we enjoyed the tithe we partook. We ate the tithe ourselves, had a big party. It's amazing how that law gets twisted. Anyway, in 1428, at the end of every third year, you shall bring out all of the tithe of your produce in that year and shall deposit it in your town. The third year, the year of tithing. This is what the law teaches us. We're not under the law, but that's what the law teaches us. And the Levite, because he has no portion or an inheritance among you, and the alien, the orphan, and the widow, who are in your town shall come out and eat and be satisfied in order that the Lord your God may bless you and all the works of your hands, which you do. Even in God's law, even when he, it was, it was his, but yet he allowed us to enjoy it in fellowship with him two out of the three years. And the third year, you took it to the storehouse for the priest that was traveling through town because he didn't have any place there. They had their own cities. They had their own uh, portions of the offerings. They had, God had taken care of his priest and he still does today. He has taken amazing uh, care of me and I believe I'm one of his priests, prophets. I, I'm one of his. And he's taken wonderful care of me and he will you if you 
come into this relationship with all of your heart, with all your mind, with all of your soul. And if you'll love your neighbor as yourself, you have fulfilled all the law. And it's, uh, if we can just walk in love. But anyway, here, even in this offering, even within his tithe, tithe, the year of the tithe, you were to bring it in, what, for the needy and the poor and the priests that was coming through town. In the prophets, Isaiah, we're going to read from Isaiah, the first chapter. I, I, I've always used this verses about legalism because obviously they're, they're keeping the law. But it does them no good to keep it if it's not, if they don't finish the rest of the part. In Isaiah 1.12, it says, When you come to appear before me, who requires you of this trampling of my courts? Bring your worthless offerings no longer. Lord, I give, I give, I give, I give. It is, it is an abomination to me. Your new moon and Sabbath and the calling of assemblies. I cannot endure iniquity and solemn assembly. Lord, you may, you, this is your law, but it's not, it's not us keeping, it's not a religious thing for religion. We're going to talk about that because we do have a pure and undefiled religion that we should live. And mostly today, that is what this is going, going to be about. But this religion where it's by the letter and by rote instead of from the heart and love, he said, I, I, anyway, he's tired of bearing these feasts, which are his own. And verse 15, so when you spread out your hands in prayer, I will hide my eyes. From you, yes, even though you multiply prayers, I will not listen. Your hands are covered in blood. You can't be guilty. You can't go out and kill somebody and then come in and raise the same hands to the Lord. I guess that's what he's talking about. In verse 15, wash yourselves, make yourselves clean. Remove the evil from, from evil of your deeds from my sight. Cease to do evil. Learn to do good. Seek justice. Reprove the ruthless. Defend the orphan. Plead for the widow. Now, how do we wash ourselves? In the blood of Christ, in Him. And then what are the righteous acts? Learn to do good. Seek justice. Reprove the ruthless. Do you stand up? Defend the orphan. Plead for the widow. Is this not, is this not the, the, which, the fast which I choose? How many of us fast? I try to live a fasted life. I've not been doing a good job of it this week, but I, I try to li- literally live a, live, live a fasted life to be able to maintain this body in good condition. Isaiah 117, learn to do good, seek justice, reprove the ruthless, Defend the orphan. Plead for the widow. Isaiah again in 58.6. Is this not the fast which I choose? To loosen the bonds of wickedness? To undo the, the bands of the yoke? And to let the oppressed go free? And break every yoke? Is it not to divide your bread with the hungry? And bring the homeless poor into the house? When you see the naked to cover him and not to hide yourself from your own flesh. Do you, 
Do you cover the naked? Do you feed the poor? Do you do these things on the day that we fast? I live a fasted life. I try to. Do you break, you share your bread with the needy or the hunger? Is, is this religion that we have and we do have one? Is it pure and undefiled? In Ezekiel, still in the prophets, what we're discussing here, we went to the patriarchs and to the law, and now we're in the prophets, we're going to the New Testament, is that God's constant theme through all of this, stays, it stays constant. That we, we not only need to have faith, but our faith to become righteousness has to have works behind that, and that is to... the. Pure and undefiled religion, as I keep jumping back to in James 1.27, is to the, the orphans and the widows and to keep oneself unstained from the world. There's both of these parts. In Ezekiel 49, behold, this was the guilt offering of your sister Sodom. This was, I thought Sodom was all about homosexuality and all that. It was. It was horrible. And judgment. That whole valley, all those cities in that valley were destroyed. But this was the guilt of your sister Sodom. And she and her daughters had arrogance, abundance of food, careless ease, but she did not help the poor and the needy. She did not help the poor and the needy. God destroyed all of that. He didn't mention homosexuality. It is an abomination. But it's because they had abundance of food. They did not help the poor and the needy. Are we helping the poor and the needies in our lives and with our offerings to him? In Ezekiel 16.50, the next verse, it says, Thus they were haughty, arrogant, and committed abominations before me. Therefore I removed them when I saw it. Daniel 4.24, another Another prophet, this is the interpretation, O king, and this is the decree of most of the Most High, Nebuchadnezzar, this is, which has come upon the, my Lord the king, that you, that you be driven away from mankind and from your dwelling place, be with the beast of the field, and you be given grass to eat like cattle, and be drenched with the dew of heaven. Seven periods, seven years of time will pass over you, until you recognize that the Most High is ruler of the realm of mankind and bestows it on whomever he wishes. And in that, it was commanded to leave the stump with the roots of the tree, and your kingdom will be assured to you. Recognize this. Recognize that it is heaven that rules. Therefore, O king, may... May my advice be pleased with you. Break away now from your sins by doing righteousness. Sounds like you need to do something. (laughs) This is what I'm trying to share with y'all. We need to do something. And from your iniquities by showing mercy to the poor. Where does Daniel, where do you start, O king? By showing mercy to the poor. In case there may be a prolonging of your prosperity. Do you need a prolonging of our prosperity? We are really blessed. The whole world is, is on a, we're, we're on the brink of some major issues. Maybe if we help the poor, if we go visit the widows and help the orphans and feed the needy, maybe there might be a prolonging of our prosperity. 
Because judgment is certainly coming. Luke 9 and 3 9 in the New Testament. Indeed, the axe is already laid at the root of the trees. So every tree that does not bear good fruit is cut down and thrown into the fire. And the crowds were questioning, saying, then what shall we do? Verse 11, and he would answer and say to them, the man who has two tunics is to share with the one that has none. Have you got two jackets, two coats? Maybe there's somebody you know who doesn't have one. And he who has food is to do likewise. We all seem to have food. Are there any hungry? Anybody hungry? Yeah, there are plenty. Also, he also went on to say to the one who has invited him, when you give a luncheon or a dinner, do not invite your friends or your brothers or your relatives or rich neighbors or otherwise they may also invite you in return that will be your repayment. We have this little social club going where it's my house at night, it's your house next week or next month. Um, just, just, just trying to bring this into context. But when you give a reception, invite the poor, the crippled, the lame, the blind. Have you invited any of those? And you will be blessed since they do not have the means to repay you. For you will be repaid at the resurrection of the righteous. Now, what are we trying to attain here? The resurrection of the righteous. It is in that day we're repaid. We're trying to attain from the very beginning of the scripture, the resurrection. We're trying to attain the resurrection of the righteous. Not, not one of these other awakenings. We want to be part of the resurrection of the righteous. Joel 3.1. For behold, in those days and at that time, I will restore the fortunes of Judah and Jerusalem. He's brought them back. I will gather all the nations and bring them down to a valley of Jehoshaphat. And then I will enter into judgment with them on behalf of my people and my inheritance, Israel, whom they scattered among the nations. And they divided up my land. Have we ever heard anything about partitioning? You reckon somebody's divided up God's land? God's not real happy about that. Joel 3, 3. They have also cast lots for my people. They've done worse than that to the poor Jews. Traded a boy for a harlot and sold a girl for wine that they may drink. Matthew 25, 31. But when the Son of Man, this is the judgment of the Gentiles, dividing the sheep and the goats. But when the Son of Man comes in his glory and all the angels with him, then he will sit on the glorious throne. All of the nations will be gathered before him and he will separate one from another as the shepherd separates the sheep from the goats and he will put the sheep on his right and the goats on his left. We want to be on the right. Then the king will say to those on the right, come you who are blessed of my father, inherit the kingdom prepared for you for the, from the foundation of the world. For I was hungry. Now why? I was hungry. And you, and you gave me something to eat. I was thirsty. And you gave me something to drink. I was a stranger, and you invited me in. Naked, and you clothed me. I was sick, and you visited me. 
I was in prison and you came to me. Then the righteous will answer him, Lord, when did we see you hungry and, and feed you or thirsty and give you something to drink? And, and, when, and when did we see you a stranger and invite you in or naked and clothe you? When did we see you sick or in prison and come to you? And the king will say to them, truly I say to you, to the extent that you did it to one of these brothers of mine, the Jews, even the least of them, you did it to me. Verse 41, then he will say to those on his left, depart from me, accursed ones, into the eternal fire. That always gives me a shiver. <laughs> that one thing, I can't comprehend eternity. I tell you, that's when time has stopped. There's no end. But to be in the fire, if you've ever had a bad burn, it is just, I just can't imagine. I don't think, I don't even think uh, we, we could, if we really could understand all of this, I don't even know that we could be at peace or have, a, be, have joy because this is so horrific, what's going to take place. We need to pay attention. We need to understand what our religion really is. And we need to walk in that religion. Uh, I'll keep going. And has been prepared for the devil and his angels. It was not prepared for us. It was prepared for Satan. But there are others that serve him going to join. For I was hungry and you gave me nothing to eat. I was thirsty and you gave me nothing to drink. I was a stranger and you did not invite me in. Naked and you did not clothe me. Sick and in prison and you did not visit me. They, they them, then they themselves will also answer, Lord, when did we, when did we see you hungry or thirsty or a stranger or naked or sick or in prison and did not take care of you? Then he will answer them, truly I say to you, to the extent that you did not do it to one of the least of these, you did it not do it to me. You did not do it to me. When you did not do it for them, you did not do it for me. Matthew 25, 46. These will go into eternal punishment, but the righteous into eternal life. Is it not our works? Is it not our works with our faith? Is, is not, is not, it, faith is not faith without obedience. It's obedience unto righteousness and faith. Righteousness is a result of faith. Real faith, faith without works. Faith, hearing and obeying is reckoned as righteousness. Faith without works. We say we have our faith, where are our works? Okay, I, we'll get there. Just, just, there's two parts. Listen to this. Pure and undefiled religion in the sight of God and Father is this to visit orphans and widows in their distress and to keep oneself unstained by the world. There's two parts. Look, I got them numbered, one and two here. Visit orphans and widows, the needy, the helpless, to, to be, be, be bred to the hungry, 
to feed them, to care for widows, the aged elderly, and to keep one self unstained of the world. I see most of my brothers and sisters, I don't think they understand. They don't understand discretion too well because they don't dress too discreet. But the whole thing is there is a holiness required of us to be separate. To come ye out and be ye separate, saith the Lord, and I'll I'll be I'll be your God. I will welcome you. I will I will love you. I will keep you. I will do all of these things. But you got to separate. There's got to be a separation. How do we separate? And how do we know that we're separate? Because we're out here doing the works of the Lord, not only walking in His religion, pure and undefiled religion. And I'm getting ready to share right now what that is. I want you to look at this. Think about this. Salvation is what God does for us. We spent a major part of this series talking about salvation. But religion is what? What God requires from us in return. A pure and undefiled religion, this is our part. God brought salvation, righteousness, if we walk in a pure and undefiled relationship, a religion, by visiting the orphans, the widows, and, and feeding the needy and the hungry and the oppressed, be in his hands, his feet, his mouth, speaking his word, proclaiming faith, healing the sick, raising the dead. These are the works of righteousness, of right relationship. This is pure and undefiled religion. That is our part. Religion is the part that we do because he freely has given us relationship through this amazing salvation he provided in his son. Salvation was a free gift of God that cost him dearly. We've been purchased. Our religion is why we respond to that. What is our part? Is to stay unstained of the world. This pure and undefiled religion is to visit orphans and widows and walk in holiness. Oh, I'm not religious. You go into hell. Because without works, faith is dead without works. I say, I have faith. Where's the works? And it's not works. It's not. Works don't get you saved. But righteous works, righteousness by right, by doing that which God has called you. Ministering to the widows and orphans. I, I, I'm, our whole ministry, somewhere in the world, during full Christ, we've been involved with widows and orphans. Somehow. Just different ways than this, and I've always felt good about that. But there's more. God called me today. This is probably that I know. This is my last message here, but probably my last teaching message. I can't continue to go keep teaching when I have given you so much truth, the word that he has allowed me to share with you. And I want people to, the first 10 chapters that I came and did here, it was, it was, it was all by faith. I came in fear and trembling, which I did the same today. But but we, I really didn't know. All I heard was a back of two, three. It, go write it on a tablet that those may read may run with it. Write it on a tablet that those that read it may, may run, that, they may, that, that you may equip them. So I, I tried to shake. I did a little bit of shaking there. I was, 
I sweat. I haven't sweated in these 10 chapters. I was sweating really hard on the first. But they was kind of to try to wake up the church. Some of them I'd, some, some I'd, it was, it was a, it was, it was by faith. Some of it I could have done better, but it, you, you do what you, you do what you can. But it was truth. And God is, I understood that there was, that I needed to come back and talk about righteousness. I needed to come back and talk about our salvation. I needed to come in and explain the cross and what really, and all, and we've really gone into that in these last 10, this 10 chapters. And this is my last one today. And as far as I know, I go back home and minister to him and my family and, and take care of my, help take care of my companies. Thanks my children for covering up for dad's absence a lot. But it's, it's to stay with my family. And, uh, and God's given me a good life. But I'm here and I have shared in these 10 chapters amazing truth and revelation. And you need to hear today that pure and undefiled religion. Religion. You need a religion. What is your religion? Is to visit the orphans and widows and to keep two parts and to walk in holiness, to keep oneself unstained from the world. You gotta have both of those. That's our religion. That's pure and undefiled religion. If we've got that, you're in really good shape. But that religion is the part that we do and the response for God's salvation that has been freely but with a huge cost. We've been purchased, but he, this salvation we receive by faith, we walk into it by visiting the orphans and the widows, by, by doing works and deeds that are, that are acceptable unto him and, and, and proclaiming his word and this testimony. They overcame what? The devil by the word of their testimony and what? They loved not. And the blood of the lamb and the word of the testimony and revelation. And they loved not what? Their life unto death. Do you love your life so much? That you don't love it unto death? Because that's going to be some of the outcomes. There's a tough time coming on the world. There's people dying for their faith today all over the world in some of these Islamic countries. And some of these other countries just dying. Christians being persecuted left and right. 600,000 almost disappeared in North Korea. There's millions in China, both Muslim and Christian. They, they, they're working on both of them. There's persecution in the earth. There's a reeling about Jerusalem. Jerusalem is back in the land in their 70 years. It's amazing. It's amazing the day that we live. And, and, and we do have this religion we do have this religion, pure and undefiled religion. That, that's our part. God's salvation is his part. Our part is to visit the widows and orphans and to walk in holiness. I don't know that, and oh, I hear people, I'm not religious. Well, we maybe you ought to have, have the pure and undefiled kind. So that's what the word teaches here. In James 4, 17, therefore to the one who knows the right thing to do and does not do it to him in his sin. I want you to listen to this. One can be condemned not just for what one one does did, but what one did not do. Now, have you ever thought about it? You, you can be judged, and these others, we saw this judgment, the judgment uh, of the Gentiles, the, the sheep and goats judgment. One was judged for what they did. The others were judged for what they did not do. What is it that you're not doing? 
is your wife, oh, I got saved. Hallelujah. I go to church every day. I do these little things and, and I just have a good time. We go have us a big supper after our dinner or church luncheon. And, uh, and then I come home and watch TV, feed my mind full of all this garbage and, and get defiled all week long. But I run back to church on Sunday. I don't have to tell you what I'm trying to say. There's a pure and undefiled religion. Uh, general promises here for caring for the poor. I'm going to read some of these in Proverbs. One who is gracious to the poor lends to the Lord. One who's great lends to the Lord, and he will repay him for his good deeds. Uh, Proverbs 31, 20, about the virtuous woman. What does the virtuous woman do? She extends her hand to the poor, and she stretches out her hands to the needy. Now, I got some warnings here, too. These are warnings. That was promises for blessing. I wanted to give that to you first. Uh, this is, he who shuts his eye to the cry of the poor, Proverbs 21, 13, will also cry himself and not be answered. Do you want your, you want your prayers answered? Proverbs 28, 27. He who gives to the poor will never want. Praise the Lord. But he who shuts his eyes will have many curses. We don't want no curses in our life. He became a curse for us. We do not want to give the devil any access. Isaiah 42, 3, I bruise reed. He was bruised for our iniquities. A bruised reed he will not break, and a dimly burning wick he will not extinguish. He will faithfully forth bring justice. He will not dishearten be he he will not be disheartened, crushed, until he has established justice in the earth, and the coastlands will wait expectantly for his law. Justice. There's no justice in the world. Jesus came to bring it, and we think we think we have all these rights. <laughs> uh, there's better systems. There's than others, and we're really blessed in the U.S., but that's some of our so-called inalienable rights. I'm not sure what rights man has because in most of the world, he has very little. There's not a lot of justice, but that he came that we could have justice, and he's coming back to establish it. In, in Amos 6, 1, it says, Woe to those who are at ease in Zion and to those who feel secure on the mountain of Samaria, the distinguished men of the foremost of nations to whom the house of Israel comes, go over to Cana and look and go from there to Hama, the great, then go down to Gath of the Philistines. Are they better than these kingdoms? Or is their territory greater than yours? Do you put off the day of calamity? And would you bring near the seat of violence? Those who incline on beds and ivory, this is how you bring it on to yourself. Those who recline on beds of ivory and sprawl on their couches and eat lambs from the flock and calves from the midst of their stall, who improvise to the sound of the heart. And David, like David, have composed songs for themselves. Oh, we've got these worship songs. We go, we praise the Lord. That's good. But how do you live your life? 
Who drinks wine from sacrificial bowls while they anoint themselves with the finest of oils? Yet they have not grieved over the ruin of Joseph. Here's these leaders living in their ivory. You, you, you've listened to what I had to say. They live in this unbelievable life. And I've seen, and I know in the church, there's some of these, some, some people are living very well. They have big jets and big mansions. And they live very well. And yet, are they worried about the ruin of Joseph? Are you worried about the needy and the afflicted? Are worried about the oppressed out and about everywhere? There, there really is no real justice. He's coming to establish it. We have it in his kingdom, but as you abide in it, but we, even in, in his kingdom, he is a just God. If you're not in his son, you're going to get your due. And I tell you, you need to abide in Christ and you need to perform the works of Christ to ensure that, that your faith is not dead but by your works, it will be reckoned to you as righteousness because you establish that that what you say you believe, you live. It's our opportunity to have a pure and undefiled religion that we may attain the resurrection. And this one thing that James told us, this, to, to, feed the, to visit the orphans and the widows, to feed the poor, all this is pure and undefiled religion. I want you to hear that there's, there's, there is a works. It's not that you earn it. It's a free gift. But if it really truly has changed your life and you're walking in this relationship of love and he's given your spirit, he will give you opportunity. He will give you opportunity to be bread for somebody, to be clothing for somebody, to be shelter for somebody, to be this. Are you looking after word? Are you concerned? Are you praying for the fall of Joseph? Or are you laying back in your splendor and your ivory furniture and houses and making, singing your songs? There's a need. There's a need everywhere I look. All of it's not mine to answer, but there's some of it is. And as God speaks to my heart, I, I try my best to, to obey. Amos 6, 7. Therefore, they will now go into exile at the head of the exiles and the sprawlers banqueting will pass away. This was his people. Two idols currently in the church. I kind of added this myself is uh, our comfort and convenience. Oh, I'll come to church, but I need a nice place to sit. Uh, it's got to be, I've got something on Tuesday night or when, I, so we need to do it on this night if you want me to do something. Because I've got busy, I've got, we've got the bridge club or chess or we've got to go to the gym or, you know, it needs to fit in my schedule because it's inconvenient. And I, when I come, I need to be comfortable. I don't even want to be uncomfortable. Uh, whatever, in Colossians 3, 23 and 24, whatever you do, do your work heartily as for the Lord rather than for men, knowing that from the Lord you will receive the reward of the inheritance. 
It is the Lord Christ whom you serve. Now, I'm not trying to be cute here. This is my, this is the last chapter that I'm teaching. Uh, as, as, as I know, the Lord is not allowing me to go back to Africa. I've got young leaders there that I'm trying to empower with all this. I've written, we're recording it. It's called videos now instead of tablet that they may read, they may look, listen, learn, and that they may run. This is not about, never been about Dr. D. Carol Williams. Even God made me the doctor supernaturally. It is, I, I, my whole life has been amazing. But it's here that I have this opportunity today to share with you, to encourage you to be eyes to the blind, to be legs to the lame, to be arms, to be clothing, to be food for the hungry. Be God's love and mercy and compassion. He has given us such an amazing and wonderful salvation. We've talked about that a lot. And we have this religion and it's pure and undefiled when we become his servants, ministering to the needy, to the widows, to the orphans, where his hands, where his feet, where we put clothing on those that don't have clothes, we're we become his arms. We are, he lives in us. We are his people. Let us minister righteous deeds and acts. We're not only going to be judged for what we've done. Everybody, every knee, I spoke about it. A lot of people don't understand that the righteous are judged for good and bad. That's what it said, for both good and bad. We, we will bow. We will be judged for not only what we did, but what we didn't do. Now, if you're in Christ Jesus, praise be the Lord Jesus Christ. Even if all your works are burned up, you still shall be saved. But I kind of want to, uh, do this here. Read, I'm going to read Colossians 3, 23 and 24. Whatever you do, do your work heartily as for the Lord rather than for men. Knowing that from the Lord, you will receive the reward of the inheritance. I'll entertain the resurrection. It is the Lord Christ whom you serve. I want to do it with all of my heart, all of my mind, all that I do. I plan when I leave here, I, I don't know that I'll be ministering again. The Lord has asked me not to be, that I'm his. And so I spent the last two years, he is learning so I could come share these as far as I know, I've shared what he wanted you, me to share. And, and there's only so much that I think that his young ministers and olds and all of you can, can, can understand or take or obtain. It's a shame, but there's a lot. I have shared a lot in these chapters, especially these last 10. The first 10, it was all by faith. I wasn't even quite sure what I was doing other than being obedient. Today I know that I've wrote on this tablet, this is how I start out, that, that you may read, that you may run. This is to empower your ministry, your life, your opportunity to have a righteous relationship. And a right, righteous relationship is when we hear and it's obedience unto righteousness. We walk in that. And if you're going to do the works, they're pure and undefiled religion is too. Not only to be a spoke. It's both holiness, 
to keep one abstaining from the world. It's not just going to church on Sunday and do as I please the rest of the day. You are not your own. If you claim to be a Christian, you were bought with a price. You are a purchased possession. And now you're a royal priesthood and you've got that. And it is your reasonable offering, sacrifice, to present your life, yourself, as a living sacrifice unto him. And, and you need this pure and undefiled religion. That's our part. Salvation was God's. Our response to that salvation is our religion. And I've shared with you today what that is. I, I love all of you. I praise the Lord for giving me this opportunity. And I ask, let me pray. Father, I thank you for all of those that have had opportunity to listen, watch, and study these chapters. Lord, I love you with all of my heart. I'm excited about spending my time with you for the rest of my life, whatever that is. I'm looking forward. I'm very eager to see you. Uh, You told me you would return in my lifetime, so it's not that far out. I believe that to be as true as I stand in here today. I know all of this has been by miracles, and I thank you. I ask you to allow allow everyone watching to know you, God, to know you and the power of your resurrection. And let them live their life in that power that they may also attain the resurrection from the dead. In Jesus' name, amen.